Some days we hold our legends before us like a lantern, trusting them to illuminate everything uncertain on the road ahead. Some things are not in the stories. We'll discover those things, illuminated or not, when we stumble across them. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm your host, King Cat, and I have been to the movies. Yes, you have. <laughs> and it scarred me deeply. Who are any of us, by the way, aside from Cat? That's a very good question. Um, I have Kathleen, who understood that this was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. We have Kirsten, who's eager to follow in my footsteps and have a life-changing cinema experience. Hi! <laughs> and we have Nick, who rightly has decried the whole thing as a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And previously on Sword of Symphonies, on island? On island. On island. Clara was in charge, but then Clara got sick and needed a nappy by. Marcus, as his last act as a living person... <laughs> He was so sure he's going to die. He's positive he's going to die. And um, he has invested Cobb with some of his terrible power, which uh, Cobb has reluctantly accepted. And as promised, I have agreed to start when you guys get back from collecting water. Hooray! Woohoo! We brought Cobb the water! Cobb is very happy that we have water now. You guys roll some barrels out of the woods with the help of a couple of the ship friends. And you've done it. You find it water. Cobb collecting water is like getting to the fireworks factory, but with water. Mm. How much longer till the devil's weed is dry? It's going to be a bit. Actually, before that, I'm going to roll Daring Humanity to see how sick the um, other shipmates are about hearing about the snake that we found earlier. <laughs> oh, two successes. They're, I don't know how sick that makes them. Um... Varying degrees. I think one of them would be happy never to hear the word snake again. <laughs> but one of them genuinely seems still impressed. Very good. Yeah. So now my question is, uh, Cobb in charge, what do? Well, we have water. That was step one. We've got medicine laying out. We've got some fish, it sounds like. So our, our, stock, our stores have been replenished. But... If we're not hurting for water and we're not hurting for food at the moment and the captain and Captain 2, Engineer Boogaloo, are resting soundly, in that case, then we have a lot of time to kill. So Cobb is going to make sure first and foremost, he's going to, we're going to call a little, like a little group meeting of everybody. So Cobb's going to sort of like, all right, everybody, gather around, gather around. At this point, Clara's awake from her nap, um, bundled up with a thin little blanket, and she's kind of, she is sitting on the outside of this meeting. She's kind of dozing off a little bit, but she's, she's there. She's good. Okay. So checklist of things we need to leave. Water, food, mm. repaired mast. Mm -hmm. Also, anything else. So uh, I, I guess Cobb is going to not roll call, but like, a uh, damage assessment. Is there anything else we need other than the mast repaired? 
I know the boiler is a little off its kilt. We can at least use sail power so we don't need the boiler to be fixed just yet. Clara, you sit back down. Yeah. You're resting right now. You're not working. Mm -hmm. I see you over there. I'm sitting. There, thank you very much. I'm sitting down. But Cobb does want, like, is that all we need? How's the keel? How's the rudder? How are the ropes and the sails and all that? Cobb wants to make sure that everything is, like, what is working, what isn't working. Ropes bad. Sails um, bad, but fixable. Um, rudder fine, hull fine. Hull metal. <laughs> Engineer smart. Hole, <laughs> yes, keel. You're a keel. I'll take that as the keel is fine. I know we have some backup ropes, so we should be okay there, assuming they haven't all been destroyed. So Cobb is going to then point to one of the other, I guess, Crusader Bros and Mr. Sot. Go check the hold, see what our rope situation is. We need, and he's going to turn to Clara, how many ropes need to be replaced? Just mostly the ones that were attached to the mast, and there were a couple on the foremast that were uh, not great. Mr. Sot and Mr. Jeff Klein. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, Mr. Sot and Mr. Coin, check the hold. See if we have at least six extra ropes. We should. I know we were a little overstocked when we started. Uh, we should have enough to fix that. The sails, Mr. Green and Mr. Blue. Mend the sails that can be mended. Let me know if any can't. Like, the sails are mostly spread out on the beach right now, but you can kind of see that there's a needle and thread at work mending what can be mended. Of course, the sail that was attached to the snapped mast is obviously lost, and a new one's going to have to be made. I mean, there's canvas. We might be limping into port, but I think we can still make it. How far is it? Actually, I forget what our next stop is. Are we stopping by Stageport first, or are we heading straight to... The Bright Wastes. I thought we were past Stageport. No, um, we haven't quite hit Stageport yet. The plan was to stop there. Okay. Okay. So it's not like we're going to have to be at enough momentum to icebreak. We can make it to Stageport. They will have plenty of supplies for us. And everybody kind of gives their salutes and goes about their business. And so now my question is, what party do? Cobb is going to then turn to the party. Well, we're going to be here a little while. We've got enough mending and stuff going on. Want to see if we can't maybe find some leftovers to make our little trip somewhat profitable? Like, more croissants? I was thinking more along the lines of, there is obviously something here. It may not be gold or riches, but, well, knowing the stories that I do of the carnal sin... Very well could be croissants, in which case, they're all yours. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I do like croissants. My favorite breakfast food. And lunch. So, when I was asking the island about what was on the island, um, not this one, but the other one, so that there was something that sounded like dark iron on it. Something metal is buried there, maybe? Coins? I don't know. It sounded like dark iron. Hmm. My guess would be some sort of lockbox or chest. 
Well, let's... Let's go see if we can... What direction was that? Uh... That way. Sort of essentially, like, straight through. Okay. Because the... Well, the archipelago goes that way. It's it's a series of, like, sandbar islands, right? Yeah. All right, let's, let's check it out. Cobb is going to turn to Sot. Mr. Sot, we are going to, at the behest of our navigator, explore one of the more northern islands. You're in charge while I'm out. Make sure that everyone gets their work done. Uh, and... um, yes, sir? Here, well, if you need any help, just ask Clara. She knows what it needs to be done. She was hopefully paying attention. Cobb kind of Gives her the, the well, we're, I hope you were paying attention stare. Um, but even in her somewhat not 100%, she has an eye and an ear for detail, so she'll be able to let you know if anything is going wrong. Um, yeah. Also, and this is most important, Mr. Sot, make sure she doesn't try and overwork herself. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. She takes more after Marcus than she probably wants to admit. You take that back, you big bully. As far as I can tell, you're both workaholics. Rest. Uh, oh, yes, Mr. Sot. Uh, when the medicine is ready, and it should be probably another hour or so, get Mr. Blue to grind it up and make it into a tea for them. Yes, sir. Clara makes a face. <laughs> it will help with the fever. Make sure they drink all of it. It, um... It isn't pleasant, but it works. You're unpleasant. Thank you. Now, you'll excuse us. Uh, our navigator beckons us northward. We will return. Okay. Hardy, go north. Yeah, are we going to take a rowboat to the other island? Probably. Um, actually, yeah. How far apart are the islands? Um, some of them are close enough that you could probably walk. Okay. This is a stretch of sandars that touch each other not far under the ocean in places. Um, it can be hard to tell. Uh, Penelope, with me. And uh, Cobb will go pick up the rowboat, and he and Penelope can hoof it across the island to the other shore. Rowboats aren't very heavy once you get them out of the water, and Cobb and Penelope are easily large enough to carry a rowboat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. So... As you are departing the, for lack of a better word, campsite, for a second the sky goes dark and you see that large shadow pass over the island again before heading out over the ocean. I don't like the look of that. The albatrosses around here are big. Like, how big do you think that thing is? Mm, significant? Yeah. Big enough to eat the goats for sure. Yeah. We're all larger than the goats. And Cobb kind of looks at Tissa, mostly. So I think we should be fine. Tissa kind of, like, makes a hand gesture at, like, the size of a large cat relative to her. Like, makes a... No, I... <clears throat> okay. Did you really mean that thing about Navigator? Yes, absolutely. Why? Because you're easily one of the best navigators I've ever I've ever traveled with. Huh. 
And I don't say that lightly, by the way. Oh, you don't. Shall we move on, then? And Cobb kind of gives Tissa, like, a, a nice little smile and continues north with the rowboat on his shoulder. So which of the islands did uh, you say th- two weeks ago? Yeah. So you mm-hmm. heard three things when you cast mm-hmm. your spell. One of them was there was something wrong back where the ship was. Yes. One of them was something like cold iron from somewhere to the north. And one of them was a peculiar muffled silence from the far south. I mean, the far, um, this one, west. Mm -hmm. The very western tip of this Long Island. Okay. But yeah, we're going north. Okay. Now I, the GM, have to decide what is there. Kitties. Actually, if it's a cat on an island, it's probably a big cat. It could be Island Dwarfy. Teeny tiny. It could be. It could be. Or it could be Kodiak Island backwards Dwarfy. (laughs) (gasps) That's not as cute. Well, it's still cute, though. It is still cute, though. Whatever this bird is that's following us is certainly not an island dwarf. Yeah, that's true. It's very much an island giantism. I'm just imagining that it's just this big, goofy albatross. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know that is one of the few waterfowl that Cat actually likes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> They're dumb little faces. <laughs> yes, penguins are a no-go, but albatross are okay. Yeah. So, party go north. Party go north across the island. And you pass through the woods where you were searching for a good tree for a mast. In fact... Because it's more or less a straight shot, you can walk along the trail that you dragged the log along. Or rather, the trail that you made when you dragged the log to the beach. The air is still full of the scent of wood and greenery and crushed leaves. There is a conspicuous stump. Where'd that come from? Who knows? A mystery. And everywhere around you is the sound of waves. Some close by, hushing against the beach behind you, and some distant but louder, as if breaking on some jagged rocks you were lucky enough to miss. The sun is high and the sky is clear. It is warm and threatening not to stay that way. It is warm in the kind of way that gives out as soon as the wind begins to blow. And past the stump, through the forest, you soon find yourselves on a rocky cliffside. To call it a cliff is a little melodramatic. It is perhaps a Penelope and a half tall. But there is a sheer rock face leading from where you stand down to a gently swaying ocean. Well, we still can't just throw the boat into the ocean, so we do have to find at least some way down. Throw the boat ashore. I don't think that's how you're supposed to do that, but... Is Michael a common name in Emilta? It is not. It's a weird one. Like Walter. Real weird name. <laughs> what a weird name. Very strange. And yet, his real name. 
Is that... Does Cobb have a weird name? Maybe. A little bit. Cobb's a little weird. He's a weird boy. This is true. So yeah, it's a Penelope and a half tall from where you stand to the ocean. And across a narrow strait, maybe 15 to 20 Penelopes wide, there is a rocky island. It has trees, much like this one does. And there is greenery, but its features are dominated by a great craggy mountain that is riddled with holes through which the sea wind blows. Is this island, uh, the island on the other side, about as big as the island we're on right now? Or? Um, I'd say about half the size. That one looks like it's for pirates. And maybe bears? Maybe. It seems like it should be for bears. I don't know if there would actually be bears. I'm not sure how the bears would get here. Could be for seabirds. Mm. Especially if they're as large as our friend. Mm. Looks like two successes on one edge on adaptability navigation. Is there an easy way to find a notch here, Cliff Face, or are we going to have to find another option? Yeah, if you guys walk a little bit further down, it tapers out into a rocky lagoon that should pretty easily let you uh, boat. This seems better than climbing. Yeah, we can use some of the rocks also to anchor the boat here. But the lagoon should mostly keep it from floating away from us. So are we going to set row? We can't set sail. Yeah, let's head on over. Come on, Penelope, let's put the boat down. Okay. And uh, let's go investigate. I'm assuming we are going to investigate the mountainous cave, cave island. That sounds like the plan. That sounds like the plan. Okay, so... You guys walk down until you find just a rocky little low-lying area by the seaside. and You can watch clear ocean water lapping at well-worn stones. And you can lower the boat into this water and with sufficient, say, daring athletics rules with those, say, you can row your way across the 15 to 20 Penelopes it'll take to get you to this mysterious mountainous island. Ah, uh, three successes. Three people can row. Um, Three people can row. Two people can row. One person can row if they got three successes. That's fair. That, I will leave that up to Penelope. Cobb obviously will offer to row the boat, but if Penelope steps in first and takes over, he'll let her do her thing. Pollyanna is flying above. She's kind of circling, keeping a close eye on you guys. It's not that she doesn't trust you. It's, well, no, it is. <laughs> um, that's exactly what it is. Like, between her and me? Like, she's the responsible adult. Yeah. And she alights on the beach across the way and spreads out her wings as if signaling to you, hey, over here, this spot. And there is a soft, dark-colored beach spreading out from the rocky surface of the island into the ocean. All right. Penelope steers towards that beach, and it looks like Polly has found the easiest access. So this island is somehow colder than the island you just left. The wind blows across it with impunity, and through those channels in the great mound of sandstone that dominates it, 
you can see the sun shining through those holes in the shadow that the island casts against itself. And the trees are bent as if by this dominant wind. On the beach, can I get some sensitivity rolls, please? Uh, any facet or? Well, sensitivity is the facet, my dear. Just but, yeah. Okay. I mean, any, uh, no, any, uh, any skill. skill? Sorry, that's what yeah. you're Any skill you like. Uh, Cobble use sensitivity survival. He's looking out for that big bird. Okay. Kathleen? Three successes on sensitivity focus because Tissa is doing what Tissa does. Yep, doing some Tissa stuff. Good, excellent. Cobb got one success and three edge successes. Okay. I think Penelope's going to do sensitivity tracking to see if there is any signs of, of big predators. We've seen the shadows, but if there's any, like, any signs of big predators around, footprints and things. Okay. One success. Alrighty. So... Cobb, if you keep the edge success as edge successes, you will find what you're looking for, but you will be dropped virtually in the lap of a different thing. That sounds exciting. I'm going to go with that. Okay. So, Tissa, that feeling like cold iron washes over you as you take a minute to breathe in what this island has to say it is eerie and it echoes beyond its size and there is something here and this is a familiar sensation to you and Cobb you are looking at the ground and you spot near a rock a large large feather, one easily the length of your arm bladed like an enormous sword but soft and fluffy especially near the quill oh wow, our bird friend is certainly very large that's a really good feather it is a rich golden color striped with darker copper hues Penelope you definitely see this you see a downy feather probably like the size of your chest just hugely fluffy oh wow as you stoop to pick it up you see footprints footprint are they like kind of bird like looking they look like the the bare feet of a human being oh hey um I, I someone's been here recently and Cobb, as you approach this giant feather, you see someone peer out from behind a rock at you. Someone not very large, um, probably a Clara and a half tall. Not a Cobb, definitely. Actually, Clara and a half is a Cobb, so. Yeah, Cobb is a pretty big boy. Yeah, Cobb's about a Clara and a half. So um, somewhere between Clara and Tissa in size, someone small with pale bluish green skin and wide eyes watches from behind the rock and says nothing and watches will like give them a little nod of basically that he's noticed them but he won't like try and like basically frighten them away just sort of a like you know like a quick nod maybe he'll like you know touch his temple and like point at them just something to to show that he sees them but he's not doing it and they kind of 
cock their head and look around at the others. Cop just turns to Penelope and, and Tissa and it's like, uh, over there behind the rock. Hmm? Oh. Oh, oh. Do either of you know anything about, like, people who might be here and kind of squints who are blue? This is one fable that I'm not very familiar with. I had thought that there weren't demons on this island, but um, I guess it was the other one, maybe. And they very, very quickly snapped their head to look at Tessa at this. Like, weird quickly. Oh. No real change in expression, just a very sudden movement of the head. One success and one edge on understanding spirits. You know that you are not in the territory of the Princess of the Southern Isles, mm-hmm. which is good. Not to say that there could not be other normal demons among these islands. Mm-hmm. What are the um, spell pieces here? Are they the same? Or This one keeps guided note and glittering. But instead of enchanted and leaf, we have stony and cry. All right. Well, I guess the real question then is, do we introduce ourselves? Penelope waves. <laughs> she... Um, they, again, snap the head to, to look at Penelope and cock their head as if confused. Cat, we're going to keep trying to make friends with your demons until it works. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> I appreciate you guys and all of the things that you do. Like Slowly, they move a little blue hand up to, to wave back. And they emerge from behind the rock. And they're holding in one hand one of the feathers. Not quite as large as the one that Cobb found, but... Oh. Are these yours, Feathers? No. No, they belong to him. Uh, okay, are you collecting them? Do you want this one? I have mine. Okay. Uh, is it okay if we take this one? Mm-hmm. And they okay. nod. All right, well, this is a pretty cool feather, so Cobb's Cobb, going to pick it up. If nothing else, it's it's very pretty. Mm. Penelope's gonna turn to Tissa. Uh, do you feel like notice anything about this feather, or does it seem like a, a regular animal feather to you? That's a good question. That's two successes on sensitivity spirits and one edge. Oh, it feels pretty mundane to you. Mm. Huge, but mundane. It's actually just a really good feather. Okay. Mm. It is very cool. Cobb will sort of turn back to the person. Is he predatory? I imagine he would be. Something in the expression in their wide, dark eyes darkens further, and they say, very. Yeah, that makes sense. Most large birds are. I guess the second question we have, then, is he hungry? And they look out over the ocean in the same direction that the shadow disappeared in and nod. All right. Well, I think I think our big bird friend might be currently hunting, so we're definitely going to have to be careful. Oh. Mm. We didn't ask who you were. Is that the right question to ask? And they nod. I am the prince 
of this island. I was not always the prince of this island. I was the prince of a different island. But now I am the prince of this one. Hmm. Okay. Cobb kind of does a, a slight bow. It is a pleasure to meet you, your highness. Um, they bow back. How long have you been the prince of the island? Hmm. Since not long after he hatched? Uh, are you friends? Not really. Roommates. Mm. He's not good company. Not one for conversation, I take it? Mm-mm, no. I, I do have a question for you. Um, did anyone else who looks like us ever come to this island before in the, like... Recently, No. No, it has been a very, very long time since I've seen humans. And as they speak, you can see that their mouth is full of very sharp little teeth. Um, Penelope's watching the way that they move. Is it similar to... Because um, she's automatically thinking back to the dragon. Is it similar motions to the dragon? Give me, uh, okay, what role do you think the thing you've just described to me is? Um. Sensitivity humanity, if you can't come up with a better one. Yeah, I was thinking something, either like a sensitivity or understanding, but sensitivity is like, yeah, noticing those small details. Hmm. Uh. It seems like a spirit's role to me, but I think I'm the only one with spirits still. Yeah. Two. Two, uh, two successes. I don't know. I would also say that survival, maybe, if you're thinking about, like, yeah. it from a biological standpoint. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that two successes, this is an entity very different from Daybreak. Or at least they conduct themselves very differently to Daybreak. Okay. Where was your other island? Southeast. Oh. Is it still there, or? No. Oh, that's too bad. They shrug. Why not? Stone crumbles. Mm. Sand washes away. Okay. I knew that it would happen. I know lots of things that haven't happened yet. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Like what? This island, too. Mm. That great stone will split in two, and half of it will slide into the ocean. Don't you find that somewhat boring? Hmm. Knowing what will happen, I mean. I don't always. Besides, I can predict what wind and sand and stone and water will do. Tell me a story. And they climb up onto the, the rock and sit with their spindly little legs crossed, holding on to the feather. Tell me a story and I'll tell you a story. How does that sound? Cobb kind of looks to everybody else. Shall we? That sounds like how it works, I think. Mm. Cobb kind of thinks for a moment. Um, do you have a specific kind of story you'd like to hear? I have no idea. <laughs> the GM is rolling a dice. No, I don't know much about what kinds of stories there are. It has been a time before anyone came to tell me any, after all. One that I can't guess about. One where I won't know what happens next. 
And they start to fan themselves with the feather a little bit. I think I may know a story like that. And Cobb kind of finds a good rock to sit down on. How about I tell you the story about the time that I met Daleth? Mm. Do. Do go ahead. Cobb sits down and he kind of, he takes out his accordion to give himself a backing track. Something to go along with the story. And he says, A long time ago, for me, not for somebody like yourself, I would imagine, but uh, back in my back in my youth, I worked with a crew, and I was called to the great Daleth Tidal Augustine. I heard their voice, and they called me up to the Altar World. If you haven't been there, it's a great whirlpool off the northwestern coast of Amilta, a great wonder of nature. And we went there. Um, I informed my captain of the ship that I was on uh, that I had been called. And he said that it sounded like a great idea because he had never met a Daleth and he wanted to see one. I had also never met a Daleth. So along we went. And we voyaged for weeks and weeks. We had, I had gotten the call, oh, somewhere far off the southern coast while we were working. And we made the trek north out far, far beyond the coast, as it was in the day. And we encountered a great many trials and tribulations on our way there, several great storms. But we held fast, our team working together, everyone supporting each other under the guide of the captain passing through a variety of territory that we were not always welcoming, but we made it north. And finally, after several long weeks, we came to the great gyre that Tidal Augustine sleeps in. And as we sailed around this great whirlpool, the captain did the craziest thing. He said, I want to see it with my own eyes and jumped in. And I, of course terrified that the captain had decided to commit suicide, jumped in after. And there, of course, though, under the waves where I could I could finally see Tidal Augustine, I saw the captain, and he, he was studying it. I don't really understand quite how to put into words what I saw, but it wasn't so much that I saw a man gazing upon some sort of deity, but to me, almost it appears that they were equals that the captain, so concerned for his crew, wanted to make sure that they weren't getting into trouble that he didn't approve of. I, of course, in the moment, didn't realize exactly that this was going on. I thought, of course, still that the captain was, you know, needed help, and so I grabbed him, and we swam back to the boat and were pulled up by the rest of the crew. And as we dried off on the ship, I looked at the captain and, and I said, so what do you think then? Should I heed the call? It was a strange request to make of somebody because Tidal Augustine had already chosen. But at that moment, I cared less about what the Daleth wanted and more about what the captain wanted. Had he said, no, I don't think so, I would have rejected the call. But he had seen something and he said yes, that I should follow Tidal Augustine. And so I became a ranger. Mm -hmm. But 
I never got over the fact that the captain had somehow figured something out, that he had, I don't know, he had a, a thing about him, that he didn't see us, and Cobb points to Tissa and, and Penelope himself, not as servants, but as friends, companions, even to something as sometimes unusual and unknowable as the Dale, and he meant it. Do you think he made the right choice? Yes, I do. That was an unusual story. In the years that I have served under title Augustine's name, I have never met anyone quite as unique as the captain, anyone willing to put themselves that far out of their own world at the behest of others. That was just how the captain was. Shall I tell you my story, then? Certainly. Would you like me to play you a backing tune? Please do. I like it. And and Cobb will kind of, like, uh, try and follow along, then. Hmm. I know Augustine. I know of Augustine. I have met Augustine. They are delightful. They are not mad, Many think they are, they are not. You mustn't think they are, and... The day will come, and I see it quite clearly, when you will come to understand what Augustine is saying to you. And that will be the day that you need to decide how much power you're willing to have all for yourself. I get the feeling you will do a good job of this. But I can tell. You will understand them someday. Well, thank you very much for the vote of confidence. I told you. I know things that... Mm, thank you for the story. <laughs> and they hold out their little blue hand for the feather that you've picked up. And Cobb will give them the feather. And they hold the feather out and give it a wave or two in the air. And you can see the surface of the feather begin to acquire even more of a metallic sheen as the fibers of the feather fuse to each other. And when the feather is handed back to you, it is made of solid metal and sharp to the touch. Tissa can't keep her mouth shut. That's why it sounds like metal here. Thank you for telling me a story. There are those who have run at the request. And thank you for your backing music. Anytime. And Cobb kind of does a little, like, I, I guess like a little wrap-up stinger and uh, puts the accordion away. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the princess. You have nothing to fear from me. Him. Hmm. It would be best to stay out of his line of sight when he is hungry. Yes, he is quite large, and we don't want him running off with any of our comrades. Oh. And, and Cobb kind of thinks, wait, that reminds me. Clara and Sot aren't very large. You seem as if you've realized something important. We need to get back to our friends, but thank you for the story. Thank you for the gift. And uh, I do hope that things aren't too bad for you. Thank you for the visit to my domain. And Cobb turns to everybody else. We should really get back. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I think they slide off the back of the rock and vanish. Thank you. Clara's going to be so jealous of your feather. We need to make sure that Clara is not um, going to wind up like the little goats. <laughs> I'm not especially worried for Marcus or the rest of the crew. Clara and Sot are both, um, shall we say, pick upable. Mm. I have I have done it myself to Clara. Why she still calls me Grabby? Yeah, that's that's true. That's an undeniable truth of the situation. <laughs> How worried are you? Should we send Red and Polly ahead? Um, might be a good idea. Why don't you two head back and make sure that everybody's okay? Sure. We'll we'll be along as fast as we can. She kind of gives a quick whistle for Polly, and uh, hops on Polly. Heads up also, do be her. careful up there. We don't know how territorial our avian friend is. She's not going to fly too high. She's going to stick. Well, I think Polly is much too large to be dinner. She is not much too large to be uh, a threat, shall we say? Well, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get into any kind of altercation. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to get into a big flying critter fight. All right. So, um, give me a sensitivity roll. Kirsten, take your pick of your skills. Um, you know what? I think I'm going to do sensitivity writing because I'm concentrating on being like careful and watching my environment and navigating through the space. Oh, one success, two edge successes. Boo. <laughs> I think I'm only going to let you keep those edge successes if they take you too close to our avian friend. Ooh. Don't think I want to do that. Okay. You make it to the beach without incident and nothing is wrong. All right. Clara is having another nap. Marcus is still fast asleep. Sot is, I mean, really doing his best to be in charge, but he is a kid. <laughs> Aww. So he's mostly just, like, watching the people who are mending the sails. Penelope uh, strides up beside him and gives him a, a nod and is like, doing good, kind of, like, kind of thing. <laughs> you guys are back quick. Where's, uh, where's uh, Mr. Cobb? They'll be along shortly to send Cobb. Are going to be going overland. I went ahead, me and Polly, because there is, I don't know if you've seen... The shadows, but there is quite a large um, predatory bird that circles these islands. So we just want to keep a close eye on things to make sure everyone's doing okay. Okay, that's terrifying. It's it's okay. We'll we'll be fine. Especially like stick together. Maybe we'll build a fire. You know, I'm uh, I'm gonna get to work on that. Thank you. That would be a great idea. I'm going to, there's a bunch of driftwood on this beach. I'm going to gather a bunch up. We're going to build a nice big fire. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Thank and you. And he, uh, he scrambles to, to start collecting driftwood. Penelope can, is going to kind of dig out a little spot that he can set um, the driftwood in to make a pretty decent sized bonfire. And eventually, while Sot is still prowling the beach, for driftwood, and he's returned with several armloads already. Here come Cobb and Tissa, who have made their way through the undergrowth. Hey! And 
now that the party is reunited, it's the afternoon on a sandy beach, and they're in trouble, but it's a beautiful day. The kind of day that lives on in your memories. <laughs> Memory time. Yes, Kirsten. That's what time it is. Yes, Kirsten. It is. I'm, I'm, I, I, I can recognize memory God. time when it's been said. <laughs> it's not only it's not only that you're uncool, but it's that you hate when I'm cool. That's what gets me. That's that's the that's what gets me. That's how it works. It's like I'm I'm a a a, a coolness hurricane, or what would be the right word? I don't know. But it's like it can't have any coolness exist even around me. <laughs> yeah. You're like antimatter of coolness. <laughs> so what were everybody's memories? I was excited that we got to hear Cobb's pilgrimage story. It yeah. was nice. Actually, I, that's was that was mine too. Very touching. And I liked, uh, you can tell when Cobb talks about the captain, the, the fondness that, uh, that was there in that, in that friendship. And yeah, so it was, it was, it was a nice Nice story to hear. Hmm. I liked finding our little, uh, like, selkie friend, basically. Oh, that was a noble demon. Yeah, but you know, like, yeah, they were they were friendly, and they look like a they look kind of like a selkie, I imagine. Yeah, I did do some selkie pulls there. Yes, I uh, I enjoyed the prince of this island. Yeah, is that their official name? Yes. Good. Regardless of what island they are on, they are the prince of this island. Seems legit, you know, like, they're the prince of it, right? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, 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 yep. I, I do also, I will say that, like, I do really like the idea of this bird. I think this sort of giant eagle albatross is cool. I'm very excited for what is absolutely not going to, nobody's going to get fucked up by a giant bird, I promise. There, this, there, <laughs> we've had this Chekhov's gun on the mantle for a few episodes now, and it's not going to go off at all. Oh, it's fine. It'll just stay there on the mantelpiece. It's fine. It's fine. Look, you guys had a nice conversation with the most threatening thing on the island. Yeah. It was fine. Obviously. Okay. So thank you very much for playing with me this week, everybody. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It, this, it was, it was good. very nice. This was a nice episode, and I'm glad we were here. Me too. And I look forward to making many uh, memories in 2020 with, with all of you and all the listeners. Kirsten, we have so much lead time. <laughs> we should. Hey, yeah. hey, listener, will you be my Valentine? <laughs> Oh yeah, we, I mean, we I need to think. You. We need to think a little, a little ways out, so that way we can be more, more on topic. Happy birthday to me! No, we're not that. We're not that far out. No, it would be. It would be happy birthday to Cat. That's about if how far. If you'd out like to wish Cat happy birthday, you can contact us on Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs, or I guess if you wanted to actually wish Cat happy birthday, you should probably do that at Catling Gun. Yeah, and if you'll be my Valentine, you can let me know by using the email form on our website, which is peachgardengames.com. We, we look forward to all of your birthday and Valentine's wishes. Yeah. Yeah. And we hope you join us next week. Yeah, join us next week, everybody. 
Thank you for for being with us. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. Woohoo indeed. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Till next time everybody. Have a good night. Woohoo us everyone. <laughs>